0: Welcome to Signs of Life, a podcast about life and literature and lots of other stuff. We're your hosts, Jen and Elisa.
1: We have some housekeeping to do, some podcast housekeeping to do yes. this evening because we've had a staff
0: change. We fired Rashida. Rashida's gone, you guys. We can't really talk about it except to say <laughs> that, you know, it it's, was for done. It's, it's for the best. It's for the best.
1: But we still have a producer, our good friend, Aaron. Hey, guys. Hey, Welcome Aaron. to the show, Aaron. <laughs> We're so I'm glad. glad I'm here. <laughs> we are too. <laughs> We're excited. <laughs> um, Aaron. Do you remember the time that a mutual friend of ours posted on Facebook and asked people to share the three most recent emojis that they had used?
2: Yes. Angela Peterson.
1: Yes, Angela. Hi, Angela. Shout out. Um, (laughs) And she got a lot of responses to it, and it cracked me up because some of the people posted were ones that I have literally never used, (laughs) and they use them so often that they're in their top three. Like a shopping cart. Like a shopping cart? <laughs> really? I've never used the shopping cart one.
0: <laughs> yeah. I want to know how many kinds of emotions you use on your faces. Can you just tell, like, to, like, look at your, look at them. The most recent. Okay, so yes. we, have, we
1: have our phones open. We're looking at our most
0: recent emojis.
1: Are we doing most recent or
0: most often used? Well, it shows the
1: history I think, for me, it's the ones that have been
0: used most recently. Okay. So, how many different kinds of emotions have you used? Um, They're... I know this is not the original question at all. No, it's fine. They're,
1: They're mostly happy.
0: Mostly happy. There's a weeping face,
1: but I use that sometimes when I'm happy too. <laughs> like a friend just had a baby and I texted back the weeping face because I was happy. <laughs> and as we talked about on our last podcast, you know I like crying. so... Yes,
0: you do. So it's your favorite. Um, I, uh, yeah, I only have a couple of like disgruntled looking faces. Most of them are happy. <laughs> I feel yours? like you should look at mine because I have, I feel like as I'm looking at this, it's like every. Every emotion possible. <laughs>
1: Although for someone who doesn't like tears, you've right. got laughing tears, amused tears, weeping tears, sad
0: tears. You have yes. tears on four of these, Jen. <laughs> I know. I was cracking up looking at this and thinking, like, I am emojing all of my emotional expression instead of actually, like... I'm just thinking it's funny the variety of faces I'm using. Uh, how, how much you emote. Right, like, because yours are all like happy, like social. I mean, you have a few cry face ones, although yours are goofy. Yeah. So yours are more like goofy, fun. Yeah. Mine are like to express my.
1: Erin, are yours well rounded?
2: Absolutely
1: not. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: smiley face, the classic one. Teeth. Smiley teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got that one. And then like. <laughs> <laughs> smiley <teeth. laughs> That's my top three. And then
1: a surfboard. And then a surfboard. 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 I think you texted that to me. I think so.
0: (laughs) You were actually joking with me a little while ago, Erin, about hearts, and there's three different kinds of hearts on here, which I didn't realize I texted hearts to people this
1: much. (laughs) Oh, I do too, though. Look. I've got red, blue, and double pink. Okay, so are
2: there. There's colors mm-hmm. of those hearts. And I am so self-conscious about posting the hearts because I'm like, are there colors that mean Like, something? do
1: they mean something? I always I wonder that, too. So.
0: They do mean something to me. Isn't they that mean so They mean something funny? to you? I'm conveying a message with the color of my hearts. I feel like I don't want to be too girly, so I pink purple when I'm sending it to women. Like, it's not
2: passionate. It's just like, I love you.
0: Yes, but I'm not being cheesy. I'm being super cool with my love. <laughs> So if you receive purple hearts from me now, you know what I'm thinking. It's cool. Love. It's very intentional. I Saint Patrick's Day. Time? You can use it once. I've done it when I want to be not cliche about referring to a boy. How dumb am I?
1: <laughs> you won't use pink and blue. You'll use purple and green. Yeah, we're not really sure. Yeah. <laughs>
0: there are I, I obviously think. You put a lot of thought Way into your too heart.
2: too much about, I love it,
0: all of this. I used <laughs> to know if you receive an emoji from me, I have thought about the emoji I'm sending okay, to you. Okay, orange. Orange heart. Uh-huh. Uh, Yellow. I don't know if I'd use that. Yellow I've used. For? I can... Oh, <laughs> Gender neutral. Yes! yes! So because funny. I'm a moron. I don't know what else to say about it. That is funny. It like, feels very reasonable at the time that I'm sending But now this. that you're
1: saying it out loud. Yes, it's so <laughs> Very helpful, Jen. Oh. Oh. We're going to create a key of what Jen means when she sends it. But it will her. change every day,
0: just so you know.
1: Whereas I, like, own them. I send blue for, again, if somebody has a baby boy, and I congratulate them, I follow it up with a blue heart. And if they have a baby girl, I follow it up with a pink heart. Oh, Or a red one. My top ones... I don't know why I do that. My top three, the one that I use the most is the winky face blowing a kiss. (laughs) Which isn't, like, me in real life. I'm not a winker nor a kiss blower, so I don't know why that's the (laughs) emoji that I love using.
0: But that's my number one <laughs> I don't know, you're always winking at me.
1: <laughs> All through the podcast. <laughs> and right now. And the <laughs> laughing tears of joy face and the double pink heart. Those are my top but how three. How
0: often are you actually laughing with tears of <laughs> joy? Laughing with tears of joy. Um, very rarely. Do you know what I will text that woman I'm actually laughing out loud? I mean, I know there are things that are funny that people say, and so then of course you send the haha face to them, even though you're like, oh, that's interesting. I'm <laughs> add that, add that to feeling the too much. If Jen
1: sends
0: the haha face, she doesn't really think you're funny. It's it's funny, but I'm not actually laughing. Okay, Whereas cool. if I send the crying face, I am like, oh, that was. <laughs> laughing, funny. Not laughing. What happened, What do you mean when you send five of the crying laughing faces? Uh, then it was really really funny. Okay. <laughs>
1: Did you say what your top three are?
0: I don't. I don't know how to tell on my phone because I have a does it go up and down or side to side? It goes side to side on my most recent ones. Okay, this must be my most used ones. I don't know. Yeah, it's all, I mean, I'm telling you, it's like the emotional spectrum that I'm sending (laughs) to people. I wonder if it's because I have a strong desire to empathize Uh with emojis, and so then I'm like, oh, if I were you, I'd be feeling angsty, or (laughs) I'd be feeling like, that's horrible and uncomfortable,
1: and so then I send that face, or, you know. So do you ever feel like there's an emotion you want to express, and there's
0: no emoji for it? Yeah, Messenger has one that is that that face where you're like, oh my gosh! Facebook like, Messenger. Yes. Oh, okay. There's the face that's perfect for that, and they don't have it on Any my emoji keyboard. Emojis? Yes. Elisa.
2: Yeah. Do you remember when we had a conversation about? It was before all this emoji ridiculousness. Yes. And I was like, I just wish that we could explain. Yes in
1: like an explain-a-con. An explain-a-con, that's what it was. You remember
0: yes and it
2: phrases? Yes. It yes. was like, it was just funny because it was like a long old
1: phrase yeah. against like,
2: oh, that was funny.
1: She said with a wistful look in her eyes. We <laughs> <laughs> <I> try <tried. laughs> We did try. I didn't catch on. <laughs> but no, that's perfect. So we began talking about emojis because my mom asked me um, just earlier today if, if, we had any thoughts on why some people use emojis and some people don't. Which is interesting, because it's true. You see, some people are very straightforward in their texting, and some people fill their text with emojis, and you've got everything in between. And... For a long while, I kind of resisted using emojis because I felt like, what can emojis say that words can't? Like, are we losing our ability to articulate our thoughts with words? And so I didn't want to use emojis. yes to that. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yes. Yes, me. But there's so much that's lost in written communication because you can't read a person's tone of voice when they're writing. And so something is meant funny, but it comes across mean, or it's meant lighthearted, but comes across as sad or something. And Mm so emojis create the ability to convey emotion, so that there's less room for misinterpretation, but that's what the uh, explainicons <laughs> were, were doing too. They were just lengthy. <laughs> it was a lot to type out.
2: But I know that was what the funny part about it would have
1: been. <laughs> yeah, a simple message followed by an <laughs> explanation right, so that I was did. like three times as long. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're bringing it back. (laughs) Do
0: you have thoughts on that, Jen? On what? Yes. Or why
1: someone would use emojis versus not?
0: Yes. I think, um, well, I'm looking at texts from my husband, and he never uses emojis. Ever. Ever. Um, I think it is personality-related. I do. And I've noticed, so, like, there are people in my life that I'm not sure what their personality is. And so my default mode is if they they don't use emojis to be like, oh, are they mad? Because they're being super, like, I don't know, just very, you know, direct, blunt, short. Right. Very... Exact with their words. Right. There's no exclamation
1: points. Right. There's Which is no what
0: smiles I do when I'm mad at someone, mm-hmm. or if. Uh, but I've I've also gotten to the point where I'm more comfortable, and I'm like, they won't care if I'm yeah. using this, so I feel more free to be like that. But I'm usually using emojis to do what you've said mm-hmm. to assure the other person. I am smiling as I write yes, this to you. you. Well, I have a happy heart.
1: <laughs> and we talked about this a little bit on our last thinking
0: and feeling episode yes.
1: with the buffer language and how it's yes. kind of a relief to know when you're communicating with a thinker because it takes the pressure off. Like, okay, I can just communicate just the facts and, and that's they don't fine, care. Yes. So they're not going to think
0: I'm mad at them. Yes. Yeah. It's true because the relational side of me is like I want to make sure everything's all good. It's very high maintenance, actually, when you think about all of the... Management and maintaining of harmony and relationships, like with all the emojis. And I mean, there's other stuff, exclamation points, and yeah, you know, and texting is hard, it's a hard way to communicate. That is hard, which is
1: why I think I've come to appreciate the value of emojis, even though in some ways it takes away verbal co- yeah. communication. It that's not really the point of texting, is to write novels, although I sometimes do write really lengthy ones but (laughs) the point is to communicate something quickly so the ability to use words and images to communicate something quickly is its own skill exactly
0: and I've I've come to appreciate that and kind of enjoy it and I do know people who are thinkers that will use them as a tool yeah as a method of this is pleasant this is a pleasant conversation that we're having so they will take the time to add one whereas you know If you've received messages from me, I'm like ten green heart, green heart, green heart, green heart, heart. yellow heart. What's she saying? And mostly because it's funny, as opposed to me. Although Erin confided in us that she's kind of annoyed by all the emojis and wants to throw her phone across the room,
1: asking herself, "It's not the emojis in particular.
0: Yeah, (laughs) who has time for that?" What was that? I have for that. Uh, <sighs> yeah. that was funny. Fun. <laughs> I actually was listening to a podcast where they talked about emojis. Oh really? Yeah. yeah Did they're... they say anything better than that? They talked about the poop emoji, which I actually at the time didn't know existed. Really? At the what? time. This was like two years ago or something, and I had not explored all of the emojis <laughs> on my phone. I just saw the smiley face. I was like, Yep, that looks good. <laughs> and then people started saying the poop one or like other others that I was like, Where why would you do that? And then they added like the breastfeeding emoji, and I would be like, Who would oh, I yeah, send this to? Although here I am on my couch. Here's the emoji although, for what I'm doing. Are we right still now?
1: recording? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So they keep we'll have to attempt that. So they <laughs> <That's> keep, <not laughs> This is what we're doing, right? We're just, like, talking and talking. <laughs> that is what we're doing. Editing is going to be really fun. I'm so sorry. Um, so they keep adding new emojis, which is yes. great. You know, they're opening up our visual vocabulary or whatever. But I don't know if I am old or what, but I have the iPhone <laughs> Plus. It's a gigantic screen, but the emojis are so tiny, and some of them are so detailed that yes. I like. there's, like, a picture of food, and I...
0: And like, not for the life of me tell
1: what is on it. And so sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I can't send that emoji because I don't know what it's going to be.
0: They added hands ones that are supposed to be doing different things. Like, just two hands that are supposed to be doing things. And I can't decipher what, like, the clapping hands like, are versus, like... Is it praying? Like, is it inappropriate? Yes! Is Yes! What are those hands doing? I can't tell because they use these teeny tiny little blue arrows to indicate motion, and I can't tell where the arrows are going. And it's, it's now stressful. our producer Aaron did just <laughs> indicate that
1: you can zoom in on that which I you cannot zoom in. I've never zoomed. I wanted to zoom in. I don't think you can. Well, if you. On an iPhone at least, if you select just one outside of the context of text, it shows up bigger. It's not until it's included in a line of text that it's tiny, but even so, it's here. I shall show you. You're right. blowing my mind. I, I think it's gonna be so much fun. I mean I'm gonna find that picture of food <laughs> that I don't <laughs> know what it is.
2: <laughs>
1: looking for the best See, it's big, It's bigger when growing. you do this one. But even then, I mean, I don't know, is that chicken? Oh, my gosh. In a pot? It's, like, one orange thing surrounded by other orange and yellow things in a black pot. I don't know what that is.
0: I don't know what that is. So it looks like green beans and, like, lemon slices. Right. <laughs> kind of, but it could also be, like, a <laughs> lamb shank. A lamb
1: shank and an onion. or. <sighs> but, see, this is why I don't stray from the ones I'm most familiar with, because... I'm afraid I'm going to send something inappropriate. I feel like
0: this is an excuse to start using. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start texting them to you. <laughs> like, random that don't make any the most sense. Are, the cityscapes, where it's like, yeah. What, yeah. Who, Even who is sends that this? <laughs> Nobody. I know. Who sends this, this, this symbol, this world's, like... This one, <laughs> this one. Our, our our listeners can't see. I know. It it's, it's like, so it's so like this. <laughs> what, why would you oh, send it? What is what is went, it, Jen? I've been for the what? you've done that. No, have you sent that to that's someone? That's what it's for. Um, oh yeah. Someplace? Oh yeah. You guys. <laughs> oh yeah. <okay. laughs> I used it. I'm, I'm like, like that's so dumb. dumb. I mean- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking to you guys anymore. <laughs> 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 the Taj Mahal is on here. Well, I mean. But you that guys, comes come on. up all the time. I know I like I don't understand what's like why. I know I have texted animals to people before. I have done that. You've texted animals? Yes. I, I have. have. As have we all, Jen. <laughs> I don't <think> it ever. <laughs> really? Yeah. Food. I do text a lot of food to people. <laughs> Mostly like coffee, the coffee. Food one that I've you sent. recognize though. That's true. Food I write some of it is unrecogn like what is is that a bento box? That must be a bento box. <laughs> 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 well, right.
1: <laughs> Jen, did you take the Myers Briggs test when you were younger? Yes, I did. When did you take it the first
0: time? Uh, in my early twenties. Your early twenties? And did you test ENFP then? Yes. I did. All right. And I was pretty convinced that it was accurate at the time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I took it for the first <clears throat> time at school. They gave it to us in sixth grade just for fun. And I
0: tested INTJ, but mm. I'm an ISFJ. So not. it was not as accurate at the
1: no. time. No. And I did take it once as a young adult, actually with Erin, on the drive to Flagstaff. My mom gave yeah. us the book, and we took the test in the car and I was 20 the mid-20s then um and I tested
0: ISFJ then and have ever since at the time when you read it that first time did you think oh yeah this is pretty when accurate. I was in sixth grade and Mm-mm. or no, that second time you took it mm-hmm. yeah 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 um I know because I I've told you I mean I've said several times on the podcast that I like waver about what type I am But I've been thinking about it because we've often said, like, if you go to take the test, you know, think about how you really feel about things, like what your real actual preference is. Not what you're projecting. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that becomes harder as we get older. Our younger selves were more, I mean, we weren't as mature and we hadn't been as, like, influenced by changes in our lives. We hadn't had to adjust quite as much as we have now. Wait, you think it's harder to
1: not project when we're older?
0: Or you think it's... No, I I think it's harder to get accurate results as you get older.
1: Really? Mm hmm You think so? I disagree, too. Oh, we're having a fight.
0: (laughs) Well, I think part of it is because you have been through a lot like you've had so many different kinds of relationships as you get older and maybe this is a good case for knowing yourself better too this could totally be a case for the opposite as well but um like maybe not liking the weaknesses as much and having to compensate so it's like and this could also maybe be almost maybe more mom specific as well like you know if even though you're like even though i'm api do really like it when things are orderly and clean in my house, right? So I could uh-huh. say that, and then test as a J when I'm not a J, right? Okay. So that's kind of what I'm saying. is like you see the benefits of what the other side would bring to you. So as you take the test, you would get different results. I'm going to use Erin as an example, actually, because when you first took it with us, you. so I guess it wasn't your first time, but there were... That you took it. We had a group of friends one night, and we all were passing phones around taking that test. And you had tested as an ESFJ. Because we are party animals. We are, that's what we do when we hang out, <laughs> we take online tests. Um, and you were an ESFJ. Mm-hmm. But you are actually, and we've had you on the show before, actually, as an INFJ. Mm-hmm. But now you think.
2: I'm an INTJ.
0: Which is almost the total opposite of what you tested yeah. when you were with us. And I just wonder if it's because of the influence of your outside, like you weren't thinking about. And it could be that you weren't thinking about the test the right way either at the time.
2: I think I was nurtured heavily <clears throat> to think a certain way mm. and to be a certain way. And so, even taking the test was very difficult for me to even know how I would feel because I wasn't allowed to feel a certain way, or you know.
0: Hmm. What so did I you? Think now
2: I think it's different because I i able to actually think about how I actually am as a person.
0: And you said you two took it together in the car. Yeah, although I don't remember.
2: I was one of your parents. I don't remember what personality, what personality type it was, but I remember it being either your mom
1: or dad. Oh, interesting. Which you actually are similar to them. <sighs> Um, okay, so that's interesting because I think taking it when you're younger, you're trying to be so many things when you're young, especially as a teenager and like young adult. Mm-hmm. You're kind of trying to prove yourself. And I don't know. I I, th- I think it's harder to know yourself well. I feel like as an adult, I understand myself better and I can see more clearly what ways I behave because I feel like I ought to and what ways I behave because I actually want to.
0: I just wonder if that... I mean, it might just depend on the person, too. Because I feel like the more that time goes on, the more I question and wonder things. (laughs) That is strange. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) the opposite.
1: I feel more sure as time goes on. Which is probably tied into our personalities. I bet it is. SJs like things to be a certain way and stay a certain way. UNPs like to...
0: Yeah. Move forward and... It could be. I don't know. And I, I love... There's an image. I, we read this... that We both like this author, um, Rachel Jankovic and she ref- has this visual that she uses of like a rock tumbler, how like
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're in our lives, we're in a rock tumbler with... Uh, she, she says our children and our families and stuff, but I think it could be applied to like any relationship or circumstance or experience that we're just constantly moving and bumping up against these other things that are... Shaping us into something new. And so that's why I kind of think that conf- where that confusion can come in is as you go along, you maybe react, maybe you react differently to things than you would have. And I don't know if that's maturity and growth or if that's like, I don't know. And I don't, I don't know where knowing yourself would come in there. Cause I feel like I don't know myself very well. I feel like I used to really know myself and now I don't really know.
2: That may be
1: motherhood, though, because you're still in the thick of it. Mm. Yeah, you've got little ones. I keep saying that early motherhood is like one
0: long identity crisis. <laughs> That's probably Jimmy, me. That's what I'm in the middle of right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm projecting my own experience out of. Everybody. everybody must have a hard time. Is like, <laughs> but I wondered, you know, because you're that more extreme version of yourself. Really, I mean, when you're younger and you haven't had to be like. Well, are you adjusting? This, I thought, I thought you've said that, uh,
1: like late teens into early twenties, is the wrong time to take the test because you're sort of exploring your inferior functions, and so introverts are behaving like extroverts. And that's probably true. <laughs> I said that
2: before. <laughs> I, can even look, I can look back now with feeling like I understand my personality and being like that fits right where. I was as a young kid, mm. um, but maybe trying to be something else. But looking back and saying,
0: yeah, that is who I was then, too. Yeah. Hmm. See, and as I do that, I'm like, I wonder if I was different. Mm. Now, that's reading mm. descriptions of my type as children, right? So, I mean, they don't, they're not always accurate. Right, right. I don't think I was that stereo. So that's what I start to doubt. It's like, I don't think I was that stereotypical. Yeah, way. although f-
1: few of us actually are <clears throat> stereotypically a particular
0: way, you know. It's true. It's true. Well, never mind. I guess my theory doesn't hold water. <laughs> <sighs> um.
1: So, if your 20-year-old self could see your mid-30s self, mm-hmm. what would she think?
0: Um... Gosh, I don't know. I think I'd be... <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be a mixture of disappointment. Disappointment. And yeah. Because, well, because there's so much idealism. I am oh. such an idealist. It's... Kill, it, I'm like... real. Like this realization of the extent of my idealism has been a kicker for me this year. Like just realizing how paralyzing it has been throughout oh. my life and how much... Um, like just conflict it's caused. And because I just have this vision in my head of what things should be like and what I want them to be like. And there is no way in reality that it's ever going to be that way. But I get angry when people confront that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't handle that. And then, um, and then when things don't work out the way I want them to, then my standard reaction is to, be a big baby about it and just give up altogether.
1: So do you think there's anything you could be doing at this point in your life that would not be disappointing to your 20-year-old self? Then, Like, if that idealism is so strong,
0: what would your 20-year-old self have liked to see you doing? Exactly what I am doing. Okay, So I'm married with children and... So that, the actual, like, actions and circumstances of my life are exactly what I wanted them to be. Yeah. I mean, it could not be any more perfect in terms of that. Right. I just thought I would kill it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I would be the most amazing wife and mother you'd ever met in your life. (laughs) Honestly. And that's just not the case. (laughs) So I think the hardness of it would be hard, would be hard for me to accept. I think the, my, my not being awesome at it in my own estimation of what I think it should be, yeah. that would be like, I I don't know if my 20 year old self could see that. I think it would be a lot to bear. Like I yeah. might've given up on it altogether. That's just because I would feel like a failure at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. But now I don't. I mean, I have friends who have walked that and can relate. And we all feel very similarly in our, in our own specific ways. There are mm-hmm. ways in which we don't measure up and, you know, to where we wanted to be. So it's not my own unique situation or feeling. Um, you know, and that as life goes on, I think you just, and I, I know you agree, it's just, it's never what we think it's going to be. Like, when we look ahead, we think it's going to be a certain way. And Although I'm kind of optimistic, too. I, so I, that could be maybe or Like, well, yeah, of course it was going to be like, how could you not know that? So, but it's funny that I even said the complete opposite, like, six months ago, or however long it was, that you shouldn't take the test as a younger person. And now I'm saying it's the only time to take the test. Not really, but... Keeping us on our toes, Jen. Yes, That's all we
1: like to do. <laughs> okay, so talking about what our 20-year-old selves might think if they saw us in our mid-30s makes us think of a movie that we just saw called yes. Tolly. Yes. Jen and I went to see it with our moms, who were friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw it in an empty theater. It was kind of late at night. It was just the four of us. Yeah,
0: which was so fun.
1: Because we could offer commentary all the way through.
0: <laughs> During the movie, which is
1: great. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk about it because we think it's really interesting and really fits in with the discussion. So, mm-hmm. spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen it and you want to see it... Just don't listen. Or listen. <laughs> because But know you're going to... But no, you're going to no, have something spoiled. It might be ruined a little bit.
0: <laughs> or yeah. enhanced, possibly. Or enhanced. Yes.
1: Yes. Because I do want to see it a second time.
0: Erin, our producer, is a green. I she, love spoilers. She likes spoilers. I did spoil the movie for someone else also, and she did say that she was glad yeah. knowing it because that first shock of this movie, Yeah, we're going to talk about it, the first shock you might not want to see.
1: Right. The movie is not what you expect, and there's a particular moment in it that feels really terrible. And Yes. We were just saying before this that it's possible <laughs> people would walk out. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and then they would miss what was really great about it.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. So, the movie. So, the movie. Charlize Theron plays a mom. She has two kids already, and at the beginning of the movie, she's about to have her third. And she's visibly tired. Yes. Um, and fairly early on in the movie, she has the baby. Mm-hmm. And not terribly long after that, it seems that she has hired a night nanny to come help her out at night. Mm-hmm. And this gal comes and is young and vivacious and full of life and quirky and kind yes, of, kind of loopy-seeming but, like, very positive and upbeat. Yes. And seems to be very good for Charlize Theron's character. Partly because Charlize Theron seems to be going to bed at night and getting more rest, but also because the conversations they have are very, like, encouraging and
0: uplifting to her. mm well, and also the physical needs are... That you think that she's... Like, the house. She woke up, the house was... Clean. Clean, you know. So those... Not just the emotional aspect, but the things that she we do... She was being taken care of. Very taken care of.
1: Yeah. So we went into this movie thinking that it was a movie about women taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. And developing bonds over things like babies and stuff like that. Which, this night, Nanny, when she came in, seemed to develop an immediate bond with Charlize Theron and an immediate bond with the baby. Mm. Um, so... All of that seemed really great for a while, but then the scene comes along where the two women are talking about sex Mm. and how long it has been since the husband and wife lasted, and it takes a weird turn really fast.
0: A horribly awful (laughs) weird turn.
1: (laughs) Where they end up going up to the bedroom together, and the movie implies that a threesome happens. Yes.
0: It's very horrible. It feels very <laughs>
1: awkward, and it was not at all where I wanted the movie to go, because right. I wanted this poor postpartum woman to just be taken care of. Right, right. And not have this happen. I mean, it just, right. it just felt
0: terrible. And I thought, well, there's no way this movie can be redeemed now. There's no right. way this
1: movie can be redeemed at this
0: point. It felt like from that point on, you're just watching it like, I don't under- like you don't understand what's going on, and everything feels horrible after that. So it's like everything after that moment feels tainted with this awfulness. Right. But we didn't walk out
1: because we'd heard some really favorable reviews, even from some kind of conservative reviewers. So we (laughs) wanted to know why. So the movie continues, and um, a few nights later, the night nurse... Um, who's called Tolly and um, Charlize Theron's character go. the baby has started sleeping through the night and so they decide to go out for drinks they drive into Manhattan from wherever it is that they live they're out for a while and on the way back there's a car accident the car ends up in the river somehow Charlize Theron is rescued from that and yes. wakes up in a hospital room alone And it cuts out to the hallway, and her husband, and he is talking to the nurse about his wife's condition. And the nurse says, you know, your wife is showing signs of extreme fatigue. Yeah. Deep, deep exhaustion. And he says, no, that can't be. She hired this night nanny. She seems like she's doing great. And she says, well, what do you know about the night nanny? And he says, actually, I don't know anything about her. Yeah. And he starts filling out some paperwork. He writes his wife's maiden name. It's Tully. It's Tully. And suddenly you realize that Tully is Is kind of a figment of her her, imagination. Yeah. It's her younger self. Mm Mm-hmm. And so suddenly it adds just a completely different perspective to everything that had happened up until that point. So for one thing, the really seemingly terrible scene isn't terrible because there was not a third person there. It was just the two of them. Yes. And every other thing that happened, those encouraging, uplifting conversations up until that point had been just what you and I were talking about earlier, Jen, the idea that her younger self could see what it was that she was doing and affirm it and say so you're doing a great job and you haven't given up on any dreams. Like, this this is what you should be doing and you're good at it. Um, it was such an incredibly affirming thing.
0: Mm. I love... There was a conversation that they had where she was asking... Tully was asking um, her character about what her dreams were, what she wanted, and she felt like she hadn't really... She couldn't name those. Ob- Do you remember that? Where uh-huh. she could not name anything that she had aspired to. Yeah. She, I think she was working some sort of um, marketing job or something. Yeah, something, something <laughs> like not very in- inspiring to her. And um, she couldn't even really say what it is that she did want. She said and, she didn't have a dream that she'd given up on. Yeah. But there was just nothing. She's and her younger self was there to affirm her and say, you... This is the dream. You are living your dream, which was so cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and there was a conversation that the two of them had. It's a... Uh, um, uh, what's the word for that? Those, well, anyhow, she asks her a question about if you have a boat, and if you every year replace one of the planks on the boat until eventually none of the original planks are still there, is it the same boat? And um, Charlize Saron says, well, no, it's a new boat. And so then she asks the question of, well, what about people? Because our cells are always getting destroyed or changing or whatever. So are people the same? Um, Which they never talked about the idea of, you know, a soul and what really makes us who we are. Because that question is just kind of talking about our bodies. But I think the movie was actually affirming you are that same person. You haven't fundamentally changed. The outside may have changed. The planks may have been replaced. But Mm. you haven't actually changed who you are. So in the end, it was very affirming of motherhood and very affirming of marriage. Yeah. And I haven't seen a movie that kind of turned on me like that twisted quite like that before
0: it was very much an emotional roller coaster yeah truly like it was so wonderful and then so horrible and then it was a steady climb up but I I love it I loved the movie um, and I did think even some of the side conversations or side details were interesting, like that boat conversation she mentioned that your ear, the cells in your inner ear oh, don't yeah. regenerate or That's don't change. That's the only kind of cell that doesn't change your ear. Right.
1: <laughs> Which the movie was very much about self-talk, obviously, because she was talking to herself through so much of that. So I think that must have been why she brought up the ears, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Well, and all the little things that Tully knew, because there was a lot of like random information she would throw out. And Charlie's theorem was like, you know, a lot of really random weird stuff. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was her that she just kind of acquired these things over the years, this knowledge and how that was applying to her life uh-huh. now and how she was taking those things and helping herself to cope through that.
1: Yeah. So it's a movie that I would like to see a second time because my perspective would be very, very different the second time through. And so if you listened to this and you haven't seen it before and you just had it all spoiled for you, it will still be kind of fresh watching it because I think it's a different movie the
0: first time through than the second time through. Agree. I definitely want to see it again, knowing what I know now. So it's worth it.
1: So we've talked about emojis Mm -hmm. and taking personality tests when we're 20. Uh Uh-huh. And an R-rated movie. And an R-rated movie.
0: We just kind of decided we were going to do whatever we wanted with this episode because because we're taking a little bit of a summer break-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Good
1: end of season, Jen. Yes. Good end of season, (laughs) Erin. So thanks for listening.
0: And bye for now. Bye for now.
1: This episode is brought to you by Show It!, Are you stuck in a boring website template? Experience true creative freedom with the drag-and-drop simplicity of a ShowIt website. Get started for free at showit.co.